Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss well hello there and welcome to a very special edition of the pro wrestling index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel because tonight we are going old school for some Royal Rumble nostalgia. I am right in my element here uh, and I'm not on my own. Oh no, people. I am joined as ever by my audio tag team partner, Mo Chatra. Good evening, Mo. Good evening, Andy. How are you doing? I am doing rather well, rather well. And we'll get into why very, very shortly. Uh, before that, we did promise uh, we might just have a bit of a guest, a bit of a special guest uh, here with us tonight, and we have delivered because uh, this two-man booth has become a three-man booth. Uh, joining us is the architect, as he's known. It is, of course, Gags Tandon. Good evening, Gags. I'm making this shit a triple threat. Come on, let's bring it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> lo- lo- lovely being you back, can't guys. Not early. <laughs> Fucking turning on everyone at the moment. <laughs> oh, jeez, stop me. I want to tell, I want to turn heel and AI. I want to start fucking sl- slating all from Nino. <laughs> Nina would kick my ass. <laughs> She's already the face that runs the place. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, my word. But gags are like, uh, like myself and more. I mean, you know, old school fans, uh, I know it's a little while since you've been on this, but, um, you're you're a long term fan of the Rumble, aren't you? So I, I'm. We knew you'd be look. You'd uh, be keen to get in on this one. Oh, I love the Royal Rumble. It, it's you know what the main thing about it is. Obviously, the 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 the, the thirty man thing's brilliant and fun. And if they do it right, if they book it right, it can be so exciting. But it kicks off the road to WrestleMania as well. So for a wrestling fan, January, end of January, all the way to March is so much fun because the WWE also produced their best television and their best storylines in that period. So this is this is the time where maybe those like me that aren't too hardcore, that won't watch every week, will start watching every week, guaranteed, because you want to know exactly what's going on all the way to that build-up to the big one in um, in March or April, actually, this year. I don't know. It's one of the ones at the end. But yeah, that's why this is beautiful for many reasons. It's, so, it's got so much around it. It kicks off all the big stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And tonight, like we say, this is nostalgia. We're going to go back uh, into the uh, into the archives and and have a bit of fun. 
uh, when we sort of kind of got into things and uh, really enjoyed it and lots of the big names over the years been involved loads of moments to talk about but we will get into that in a short uh, in a short bit because first now we spoke about this on last week's show the uh, the WWE coming to the UK having this UK uh, championship in Blackpool and more um Props to yourself because you one of the names that you picked out to watch, he only turned out to be the star of the tournament. He may not have won the belt, but by God, he was the star. He was, of course, the bruiserweight, Pete Dunne. Oh, God, yeah. He was fantastic all weekend, wasn't he? Um, had a very memorable um, segment right at the end of the first night on Saturday um, where... Um, he um, attacked um, his quarter-final opponent. Um, I think his name was Sam Gradwell. And um, then there was another segment after the show, which um, we saw clips of um, via Twitter or WWE.com, where um, he squared up to, or rather, <laughs> William Regal squared up to him backstage and talked about how he put six months of his life into the show. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't say anything, but, I mean, his facial expressions and his smirk, was absolutely fantastic. Just a, a brilliant, brilliant heel. And, you know, he's, he's a 23 year old kid from Birmingham. Um, you know, he's been around, he's worked, he's been working since he was a teenager. So he's been wrestling for about eight, nine, ten years. But, um, you know, for a kid of that age, he's remarkably talented. And, um, I've, I've been watching him for about the last year or so and he's impressed me every time I've seen him. And, you know, this guy's got a massive future in the wrestling business. And, uh, you know, it's very exciting times for him and indeed, you know, uh, British wrestling in general because, you know, that was quite the showcase over the weekend and, uh, you know, people far and wide were just glowing about those two shows, especially the second night, which was just amazing. Yeah, it was, uh, it was very well done. Um, now we, we spoke about the world of sport, um, one in the UK recently and, and, and then how that was nice to see that back on terrestrial TV and how they did a good job with it. And it was an enjoyable show. But I think what we saw from this was not about, not so much about, you know, the name value of the people in there, just the whole presentation, how it was put together, how it looked, the feel of it, the, the venue, the crowd, everything. It was, it was all on spot and. And, and I really do think WWE did such a great job in, in presenting the show and the way that it was put over. And something else that we spoke about last week as well, you know, about it potentially being an opportunity in a, in a perverse way for, for Michael Cole to kind of remind us just what he is capable of. Uh, and I thought that combination of Michael Cole with Nigel McGuinness, I thought they, they came across pretty well. Oh, they did, yeah. I mean, it was a chance for Cole to get away from, you know, being the sports sports entertainment commentator to just being a, a wrestling commentator, and uh, he did it really well. Clearly, researched well for the show. Um, he got one or two things slightly wrong, but on the whole, um, you know, did it did his job really well. Um, Nigel McGuinness, I thought, given it was his first two nights in the company, um, did fantastically well. He's been a very good commentator for Ring of Honor for several years now, uh, was um, 10 years ago perhaps the best wrestler coming out of Great Britain, um, had some classic matches with um, Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson as he was then known, um, so those two as a pair 
worked tremendously well all night. Um, and that just added to the whole occasion because I thought the crowd was fantastic. Some of the charts they came up with were just genius. You know, the talent up and down the show, I mean, I, I can't even remember one talent that I thought was really poor, except for possibly Jordan Devlin from um, OTT, uh, which is a promotion out in Dublin, in Ireland. Um, I thought he looked a bit nervous, but the rest, I thought, you know, made a good show for themselves. Um, clearly, the tournament winner, uh, Tyler Bate, had, had a fantastic couple of nights. Um, the main event uh, where he beat Pete Dunne was one of the best matches you'll see this year. And um, for a kid who's 19 years of age from Dudley, I mean, it's just frightening how good he was and good he is. Um, it, it was just um, a masterclass in, um, you know, working a match and working the crowd. And, uh, you know, for a teenage kid to be doing something like that, it was just beautiful to see. It was yeah. really, really good. It was staggering, I'll be honest, to think that that lad was, is 19 years old. I was staggered. He has got natural charisma. He is so good. He, he, he just has something about him. He looks like he can be a star. Obviously, the only thing that's going to go, uh, go against him in the future is going to be his size, you know, that old chestnut, so to speak. But watching it back, it was um, at the end of his semi-final win over, um, over Wolf. Uh, Wolfgang. Now, there was something, the way that that came to a crescendo, them two had the crowd absolutely on point. And, and, you know, the two guys who have not, you know, they're not major stars, they they don't have that experience level that, you know, the top performers have. The way that they, they brought that crowd to, you were right, just at the right moment, so high, it was fantastic. And, I think it was, you know, telltale of the whole weekend. I think that match kind of typified how the weekend went. You know, it built and built and built, you know, like a really good match. It just kind of gained momentum and got better as it went along. And then, yeah, at the end, finished off um, with, with, with an incredible night. Really was great drama. Uh, even a, an appearance from Neville, which, again, just added to Neville's character at, at the moment. And, I think the fans got an absolute treat, and um, I'm, I don't know about yourself, more, but uh, look, listeners, uh, if you haven't seen it, you really must go check it out. Um, I'm not saying it's quite as good as CWC. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing you've ever seen, but promise, I promise you this, if you sit down and you watch it, you will enjoy it. It was really, really good. I totally agree. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, two great shows, um, especially night two. Um, as you say, built fantastically well. I mean, one of the things I was a bit nervous about was, um, that there were certain, certain proportion of that 16 that were entered into the tournament. I, I wasn't quite sure if they were quite right for the tournament, but in the end, it made sense to me because the company's intention, Regal's intention was, okay, we don't want to make everyone a star because if everyone is of an equal footing, then will any, any two or three really get over? So it was designed to try and get two specific individuals more over than the rest whilst trying to get another three or four over uh, to a reasonable extent too. And if that was the intention, then it worked a treat because, you know, Dunn and Tyler um, you know, got over fantastically well and became stars as a result. And, you know, we're going to see more of those two in the WWE um, in the coming weeks, months, years. And, um, 
you know, there were others, you know, the likes of Wolfgang and uh, Mark Andrews, who um, made a fantastic showing for themselves. Um, um, Trent uh, Seven as well from um, Gags Hometown of Wolverhampton. Um, he, he also did really well over the two nights. So, yeah, it was just a roaring success. And uh, it's going to lead to a, a network weekly WWE UK show as well. Um, so they'll be back. Um, I'm not sure exactly when, but um, they'll be taping stuff. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a really good show on the network. And um, just showed once again what I've been saying on Pressing Index for the last um, year or so now that, you know, British wrestling is on a real high. And, um, you know, if people can believe it, there's, you know, as much as we saw some great talent there, there was plenty more that weren't even on this show who, um, got so much to offer the business and even the WWE if they're interested in them. So, uh, exciting times, uh, for the WWE UK, uh, concept, exciting times for British wrestling, massive thumbs up all round. Well, moving on from uh, the, the good news stories that, that was uh, the UK tournament, uh, to more, a new story with WWE at the over the weekend that I know you wanted to talk about. And that was the passing of Jimmy Superfly Snooker. That's right, yes. Yeah. So Jimmy Superfly Snooker was one of the um, biggest stars in the wrestling business, really, in the late 70s, early 80s, and was a staple part of the WWF um, throughout the 80s into the 90s. Um, passed away at the age of, I think it was 73, um, on Sunday. And, um, you know, it was um, quite a controversial story because just a week and a half before that, um, charges against him for a, a death of um, what was a girlfriend of his um, back in 1983 uh, were dropped and they weren't dropped because of a lack of evidence or um, because he was considered in- innocent it was because um, he was considered mentally incapable of standing trial um, and also he was in very poor health he'd been in the hospice uh, for quite a while um, and you know it was kind of a, a if you want to look at it that way, a sad end to his life uh, for somebody who um, had quite a life, um, you know, full of highs and lows. But um, unfortunately, um, the thing that he would probably best be remembered for is um, this tragic story involving um, a girl called Nancy Argentino, who was his, um, one of his girlfriends. Um, he was married at the time in 1983, um, but like a lot of wrestlers did at the time and even today, um, had... You know, various girlfriends that they'd meet up with um, around the country and um, she was one of his partners and uh, one night in 1983 um, she was found dead in the motel room and uh, he claimed that um, she had fallen out of a car I think it was and uh, the autopsy report which was only um, found and made public about three years ago um, in fact showed that some of the injuries were very, very horrific and certainly not you know, uh, compatible with the kind of story that uh, Jimmy Snooker had come out with. And the reason the autopsy report was dug out three years ago, sorry, in 2013, is because in 2012, Jimmy Snooker released an autobiography where he you know, um, covered that incident, but his story in his autobiography was different to what he told police back in 83, which a journalist local to the area where this death occurred um, dug into and found that there were these inconsistencies which then led to the uh, charges being brought up again in recent years. 
Um, it, it's a very, very murky story. Um, it involved Vince McMahon and allegations that he effectively uh, bribed um, the district attorney in that area and other local officials to um, kill the story. Um, the coroner apparently suggested it was homicide, yet no charges were ever filed at that time after Vince McMahon accompanied Jimmy Snooker um, to meet with the police and the DA. I think it was 1st of June, 83. Um, so that's actually something that, while some people might think goes away because Snooker has died, uh, that might not necessarily be the case. And you know, it might still be that some people still try and go after Vince about exactly what happened um, that led to that, um, what potentially would have been a murder inquiry being dropped without any charges or further investigation. Um, but that, that, that's um, you know, a sad thing because Jimmy Snooker was a revolutionary character um, and performer. And you know, one of the things that he was most famous for in the ring was his uh, Madison Square Garden superfly splash cage, off the cage. top of the cage. Yeah, yeah, That's man. right, on Don the Rock Morocco, which um, you know, Mick Foley um, you know, has talked about as leaving a, an impression on him that lasted with him you know, throughout his life and inspired him to become a, a pro wrestler and it inspired many others. So uh, you know, it's a sad story involving that death of his girlfriend, um, a partner. But um, at the same time, he had a very memorable career. And for those of us who um, certainly grew up watching WWF in the late 80s, early 90s, he was, he was certainly one of the more memorable characters with some very unique, fantastic ring entrance music and that you know, top-up splash, which was a sight to behold. But um, a sad story in, in many respects. And, uh, you know, WWF, sorry, WWE paid tribute to him on Raw. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a sad situation involving um, how things panned out in his later years. Yeah, I'm sure uh, more will come out uh, out from that one over the coming years. Uh, um, moving on from that, though, uh, just before we actually get into our Rumble nostalgia, one last little snippet of news as well, uh, and this is one that particularly interests me. It is... The, the announcement of the, the first member of this year's uh, Hall of Fame, and it's, uh, it's quite an announcement in my book. It's Kurt Angle. And, um, this is he going to wrestle? Is he going to wrestle? That's the well, question. That's the question well, If he's yeah. in the Hall of Fame, I, I'd say there's, there's a fair chance he might turn up at the Rumble, or we might see him in some kind of action. Um, he said, at, at Mania. I'm going home. So basically, yes. I don't know. But well, Oof. Yeah. It'd be um, more, more. Yeah. He's um, he, where they're bringing him in is uh, originally. I mean, this has come from him basically getting involved with the video game, and you know, it, this has been this has kind of been the avenue for bringing people back. You know, where the, maybe their parting wasn't so great over over the years. You know, the likes of uh, Goldberg, um, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Uh, and then it was a pathway for Sting to come in. You know, the the, the WWE video game kind of seems to uh, set things up nicely for people making uh, nostalgic returns. And so Kurt Angle is going to be in the Hall of Fame this year then. Well, that's right. And um, I think it's a very well-deserved induction. I mean, if people like Coco Beware can be in the Hall of Fame, then somebody like Kurt Angle certainly deserves to be in. 
you know, he was arguably the WWF's, sorry, WWE's um, best wrestler in terms of in action um, in the first half of the, uh, the noughties, you know, from around 2000 to 2005. You know, we had some fantastic wrestlers, some fantastic workers around, like of Shawn Michaels, um, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, um, but Kurt Angle was right up there and had so many fantastic matches. And even on TV, never mind pay-per-views, I mean, he'd have you know, little five, six, seven, eight-minute matches, but they'd be all action and um, really impressive. And, uh, you know, that, I mean, that kind of intense uh, kind of work rate that he had um, certainly took a toll on him. And it's part of the reason why he ended up leaving the WWE, because Vince thought this guy was on a one-way road to self-destruction and um, thought he was going to basically die and kill himself or... Um, you know, overdo it on pills because, um, you know, he was on so many painkillers to try and manage with the pain that he was suffering day in, day out. Um, Vince thought that this was only going to end one way. And it's only now that he's finally agreed to allow Kurt Angle back in. Kurt's been willing to come back to the WWE for several years now. I mean, he obviously had a very good run in TNA. Um, but, you know, he's kind of, love of TNA and um, working there uh, ran out many years back and uh, he was always ready to come back but Vince never agreed to it until now um, I certainly hope he will make an appearance at the Rumble if he does you know the pop will just be through the roof in the Alamo Dome and um, you know the induction at the Hall of Fame um, you know, will be um, great as well and you know, already looking forward to hearing what he has to say um, but yeah, as a performer at his peak, he was superb. And I mean, even in 2016, I saw some of his matches on the independent scene and he was still very, very good. So, I mean, if, if WWE wants to use him in the ring, um, even this year, he can still, um, work very, very good matches. Um, so, so at the very least, I hope he puts in an appearance at the Rumble just for the If he gets a mania state. match, he'll smash it. Watch. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> if you get a mania <laughs> match, him and Cena, watch they'll go, they'll go mental. They'll smash. No, I, I don't think Gags, they'll give him what Cena. About you? Gags, I, I don't. I see. I, I think if he's going to do be at Mania, I've got a feeling it'll probably be something with Rusev. You know, the whole American hero angle and all that. But Rusev Gags, could probably you? do good, good with him. <laughs> probably do well with him actually. Oh, it, yeah, he could. I mean, Angle's. I think Angle was the best in the world for for a period. But what about you then, Gags? What about your thoughts on Kurt Angle joining the uh, the Hall of Fame? Well deserved, really well deserved. You know, he came in, debuted at a Royal Rumble, did he? Was it? Um, I think. Oh, it's quite I'm possible. Taz, I'm thinking of the Taz fight, aren't I? Yeah, Taz, Taz yeah, yeah. So basically, I just thought he just brought so much to to the ring you know the ring and not only that he got over he got over brilliant with his mic skills everything he was just he was just an all-round fantastic act um he was it was such a shame when he had to go like mo said you know because he was going off the rails and he's one of the stories isn't he that um this is how you don't do it outside of the ring and all the stuff that he's happened he's had so much has happened to him what a story you know but if he's got it back together which he must have because otherwise I don't think Vince and um, Triple H would get him back in. If he's all got it all back together and he's fit to go for one last run, mate, we're in for some really, really, a really good addition to the roster. And if he's only doing, like, even if he comes back and just does 
the main shows. So it doesn't it doesn't do house shows. Just keeps himself fit and healthy. I'm telling you, it just it just adds so much strength to the roster. He could he could have a match with anyone on TV and make them look a million bucks. So he'll just get youngsters over as well. I reckon just chuck him with all the youngsters and let them you know let him go with them. I think it'll just be so good for them to learn. I think if you think about it, a lot of people used to say that about Shawn Michaels when they fought or they wrestled with Shawn. They'd come out of it or with Brett and they'd say they'd learn so much and they'd put him up to another level. So this is, this is the type of thing you want. You want people to learn. And I don't think there's many like that. I don't think there's many that, that can tell the story, you know, so, so well. They're good ones. They're amazing ones. Like, they've done well, but he's got pedigree, you know, of that era as well. So I think I think it's if he if he's in the not just in the Hall of Fame it's great for the Hall of Fame yep deserves it but it'd be so much better if he's like coming back for a bit as well I don't know if that's the case but the way he tweeted you know I'm coming home it felt like there's more to it than just the Hall of Fame so yeah so. well let's yeah. let's let's hope so let's hope so anyway yeah that that's enough of uh, all the the current events let's let let's get in our time machine. Let's head back into the past and let's unlock those memories from the Royal Rumble and let, let's have some fun because I, I love the Rumble. But before we really sort of start really delving into things, I want to kick things off with a little bit of a quiz, okay? Just a bit of trivia, a bit of fun. Um, what, I've, what I've got, guys, is I've got five questions each. So, Gags, I'm going to give you your five questions first and we'll see how you get on. Uh, and then Moore's got five, and in case uh, we have a tie-break situation, I've even got a t- I've even got a question lined up for that. This is this is preparation, guys. This is preparation. It's all on. Right, gags. Moe's gonna smash one. me. Obviously, he's up to me. He's written <laughs> about yeah, wrestling. Like... Giving you all the easy ones. Well, I, I, might, <laughs> I might have made your question slightly easier. <laughs> well, yes, I did. I did give you that twenty quid note. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, uh, I haven't, I haven't run the pen over it to check whether it's real yet. Damn right? it. So let's just hang tight. Yeah. Uh, anyway, question one: Who was the winner of the first ever Royal Rumble? Oh God, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Correct. Yeah. Number two: Who holds the record for the most Royal Rumble wins? These are easy, Stone Cold, isn't it? Three. Yes, that is correct. Uh, who holds the record for the longest time in a single Royal Rumble match? Oh, God, the longest time in a Royal Rumble match. Was it one of the early days? No Googling. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not. Or was it, it was a, Backland had it. Um, Mysterio? Mysterio? I don't know, it was one of them. Mysterio. Yes. Oh, no it was, way! It was Rey Mysterio, yes. Fucking hell! I thought it was uh, either there. Did that one? Go I've on. Seen, You're yeah. doing well. Right, question number four. How many winners have there been from entrant number one? Oh, Jesus. Entrance number one. <sighs> I Bit of a random one for I you. Don't if you're not sure, have a guess. Um... I'm, I think it's a trick question. I think it's none. Oh no, there have been two. Really, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit. Were they both ones? Yeah, they were both entrant number one. Right, your yeah, fifth and final. Not. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Your fifth and final question okay. is: What was unique about the 1994 Royal Rumble? Was it a draw? 
Was it the? Oh, I can't believe you got that. Yeah, Bret Hart and Luger. I remember that because of Yokozu. They were both went to play. Then it was WrestleMania ten after that, wasn't it? It was the big one. It was thirteen after that oh, one. Was it thirteen? Yeah. Oh, was, was it? it? Oh, hang on. No, no, no. It was ten because because Bret Hart, yes. had, to, yes, Bret right, Hart had to right fight. 10, fight yes. um, Sorry, my mind was getting middled up. You're yeah, right. Basically, ten okay. was the big WrestleMania because it had like um, Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, had Shawn Michaels versus um, yeah. Razor. So yeah, I remember it well that one. Okay, Gags, you've got bad. four. He's going to get five, five, isn't he? Five. I feel good. That was, that was, that was quite... I'm going to lose this now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, Mo. Uh, you are, of course, the, the analyst, the, the specialist, the man with all no the knowledge. Pressure. So Under no pressure, Mo. No pressure at all. <laughs> if you lose this, of course, you'll never be able to hold your head up high again. Well, no, but no pressure. Sure. There's no pressure. <laughs> so question number one. We obviously we've mentioned who won the first ever Royal Rumble, but who won the second Royal Rumble? Hulk Hogan. No, it was ah. Big John Studd in 1989. What a oh, question! Really? What a great yeah. question! Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah. Question number two: Who uh, who holds the record for the most Rumble eliminations in total? You know, accumulated eliminations. Oh, that's an easy one. That's Kane. Yes. Who holds the record for the shortest time in a Royal Rumble match? Um, it's either Santino or Bushwhacker Luke, I think. Um, I'll go with Santino. You are correct. Santino took the record from Bushwhacker Luke. Uh, question number four. How many winners have there been from entrant number 30? Oh, fine. Um, three? <laughs> yes, they have. Uh, the Undertaker, John Cena, and last year's Triple H. Bloody hell! <laughs> right. Question five to take it to a tiebreaker. What was unique about the 2011 Royal Rumble? Um, what was unique about that one? Um, oh dear, I'm not going to leave this one down. I'll have to pass. I I'll can't give remember. you one tiny clue. Oh, then. Alberto Del Rio won it. He's passed it, man! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that! <laughs> I won! Uh, okay, no. no, still don't know. Go on. It was the only ever 40 man battle, uh, Royal Rumble. Oh, yes, of course. So the winner was Gags. It's unbelievable! <laughs> but, just, <laughs> but just for a bit of fun, okay, this was going to be the tiebreaker question. See if either of you can get this one. Um, only one man has ever won the Rumble on more than one occasion from the same entrant number. Now, can you name him? I know it. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Mo see if he gets it. I know it. I think. I'm yeah, right. he won it twice, and both times he won it, he entered the Rumble at the, with the same number. He's, he's a Hollywood star now. Oh, the Rock? No, Batista. I think Batista. <laughs> yeah. In at number 28, Gags knows his Royal Rumbles. I swear to God, me and Andy have not confided on this. I swear. I just. So, everyone, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show. (laughs) (laughs) So, Rumble Quizmaster. There we go, you see. We're just unlocking those little memories. Um, My memory is usually really bad, but with the Rumble, I love the Rumble. I do love the Rumble. (laughs) Well, this, see, this is, this is my first thing. 
then and, and guys i'll stick with you on this i know you'd already alluded it to uh, alluded to it earlier but you know just what is it that that makes the royal rumble feel so special do you think i think obviously there's so many there's so many people involved i think it's much more special i'll be honest with you when the title's on the line you know when the title's on the line on the at the rumble it makes it so special like oh my god this is huge now but i still think getting the title shot's massive don't get me wrong but and the, and the fact that the title shot's there as well there's something to play for it's like it's like um the champions league you know you can you can touch you can basically begin a whole new storyline someone who's had no build at all if the wwe just all of a sudden sign someone and said, you know what, we want to put you straight into the, the title picture. They can do it by winning the Rumble, legitimise someone. They don't ever do it recently because they're fucking wusses, right? They're pussies and they're fucking giving it to Reigns all the time or whoever, or, or trying to push the wrong people in our books, in our eyes. But they can do it if they want to, you know? And, and they can leg- legitimise somebody immediately with a Rumble win. It's, that, it's, that, it's got that much prestige now. You know, or has had in the past, and also it just—it's just, it's just the, the concept of it, the way people hang on to get thrown out, and it's just—it's and, and, and rivalries that occur in the middle of them—they're they, the best when they're booked beautifully. So a rivalry happens, like as in someone that hates each other, or even a past one. In the old days, they used to do stuff like Piper and Flair, and like probably people watching WWE would be like, "Why do they hate each other?" Why are they fighting like that? Like, what's going on? They have fucking no idea about the NWA shit that went on, you know? But people like me that were reading PWI magazine, sorry, this is the pod, not the pod, but the actual Pro Wrestling Illustrated, would know of all these brilliant feuds that are going on. There would be little things that they drop in for the smart fan that would it would work. And I don't know, Mo, if you agree with that, but there would be hints of stuff. But then there'd be the normal WWE rivalries as well that they'd put in there and go mental with. But also, I think some of it was also house show stuff. So you wouldn't see that these guys on TV are, are, are fighting on the house shows or have having having a feud in house shows. But then they'd bring them up and show something on on a, in a rumble match that maybe the, the the people that are attending will will have seen before, but people in the UK would never have seen. So there was like loads of little things in there that. That's just nice to know or, or, or think, but I, I think there was a stage where it was getting really, really well booked. But in the last few years, I've not, I've not enjoyed it. I've not enjoyed it. The CM Punk one when he left, I thought it was a horrendous Royal Rumble. I thought it was absolutely horrendous. I can't remember. Was it 2014? It was terrible. Yeah, that sure, one. Yeah. It was a terrible. So I was so gutted at the end of it, and that's one of the other things. If you can feel gutted at the end of a, at the end of a Royal Rumble, it's because you love it so much. You want it to be amazing, you know. So I just think there's so much that can come out of it. Like 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 I said before, you can start feuds off. You know, if just by someone eliminating someone, you can break tag teams up from it. You can do so much if it's done right. Yeah. They could play all 30 people, if it's booked correctly, every single elimination can mean something. But I don't think they've got a roster yet. I really hope they add NXT guys in, because it it could really be hot. Because I think, obviously, they do the NXT show now, don't they, the night before? So a lot of that crowd might be the same from the night before, so you could actually get huge pops for NXT NXT stars as well. And if they're in the Rumble, it would be... It just make it another, like I said, 
they got a chance this year to put it on another level if they want with how they got people over in the other in NXT and I just hope they do it yeah more what about yourself then because I mean I mean you've heard Garrick say I, I loved even things like you know tag teams like going well back Demolition would be in there and they'd fight each other until somebody else came in you know it, it was it was that concept that it didn't matter who your friends were, you, who your teammates were, or anything. Everybody could fight anybody. You could just see something completely different, and it was so fast-paced. There was just something so different about it. I just loved it. But, I mean, what do you think makes the Rumble as special as it is? I think it's arguably the most unique match in all of wrestling, certainly in all of the WWE. Um, it's the kind of match that you know you're only, you will only see once a year in the WWE. And, uh, it's the kind of match that the WWE can pull off better than others. I mean, there are other independent promotions that try to do Royal Rumble type matches, but, um, you know, it, it's the kind of match that works off of dynamics and, um, you know, seeing individuals that, um, you don't normally see going up against one another. And, um, you know, that's something that works most effectively with the help of TV. And, um, you know, we've seen people on TV every week, but not interacting with one another. And yet on this, in this one match, you do see them interacting as kind of Gad was suggesting earlier on. Um, you know, that, that's part of the allure of it and, um, what attracts people to it. And, you know, you, you see, um, you know, whether it's a certain small moment in a match or, maybe over several minutes, um, you will see these unique things that you don't see for the rest of the year. And um, what you will also get are these surprises. Um, the WWE almost always, year in, year out, in these Rumble matches will deliver a surprise, whether it's um, a big surprise return or whether it's a surprise elimination. There's, there's always some surprises there. Um, I, I think that the WWE generally... Um, tries to book the matches to be more interesting, certainly in the middle part. And if you go back to some of the earlier Rumbles, um, 1992 aside, which was just um, quite amazing because of Ric Flair and Bobby Heenan and commentary, um, a lot of the matches, were, a lot of those matches were typically, guy comes out, makes his entrance, comes into the ring, um, and after about 15 seconds, it's everyone you know, at the edge of the ring trying to throw an opponent out. And that would get a bit boring in a way, but um, you know, the WWE bookers, um, whether it's Pat Patterson or other road agents, they do try and mix it up a little bit more and um, try and make it a bit more action packed. Um, but as, as Gags mentioned, also um, that hasn't worked particularly well in recent years, most notably because um, the fans haven't got what they wanted. I mean, in recent years, what they wanted was Daniel Bryan to win the Rumble. And when they didn't get that, he reacted very, very badly. And that almost killed the match. And, you know, that was part of the reason why almost on one night, um, Roman Reigns became a very loathed figure. Before that Royal Rumble win, what was it now, two years, three years ago, um, he was, you know, somebody that fans solidly rooted for. But because it was him that was winning that Rumble and not Daniel Bryan, the fans in that crowd turned on him big time. Even with The Rock coming out to try and celebrate with him, they still weren't accepting the result. And as a result of that, the fans 
you know, in subsequent weeks, we're giving him that kind of same mixed reaction. And he's never, ever recovered from that. So that's the power of the Rumble. You know, it can work to make a star, but it can also work to break a star. Um, the stakes are very high. And, um, you know, it's, um, that, that, you know, those are some of the reasons why it's such a special match. And it's one of those matches that, um, throughout the year, you know, you, you'll remember certain moments, certain outcomes from it that you might not from other matches throughout most other shows in the calendar year. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point actually on uh, you know the power of the rumble. That's that's quite a statement and a very true one. And uh, just just to switch things up there, now you know we obviously we're talking about mixing between the past and and the here and now in terms of the rumble and the the, the feel of it, how special it is. But let's step back in time uh, and gags. Which was uh, which one was your first ever Royal Rumble? Which was the, what year was the first time you ever saw the Royal Rumble? I think it was the first one they televised. I don't think Hacksaws or John Studs were televised, I think, uh, as a pay-per-view. I think the as first... As in here in the UK, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. The, the... I don't think Hacksaws was even a pay-per-view, you know. I really don't. I think it was just a show. No, it wasn't. No, no. no. I think, so yeah, I, right. I don't even... I, even John Studs, I think Hogan's one was the first... The one that Mo got his question right for. That was the first one that they did as a pay-per-view. And it kicked off, so I was. That was the first one I watched. I think it was the year of the. It was the year after. It was just after WrestleMania five, I think. Was it or just before? That'll be one, yeah. Wrestle. That would be. Uh, just that would be nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Hogan won it. It was. That was actually that my first ever Royal yeah. Rumble. And was that Hogan was, and Warrior? Just the tease. Uh, Hogan and Warrior had the had the face off. Yeah. And ended up. Uh, being the match at WrestleMania six, it was yeah. also the end of the that Rumble after he won it. It was the shot of Hogan holding up that bedsheet that somebody had coloured in with Hulkamania lives forever that that got used on so many snippets for for years and years. So yeah, that, well, well, we've we shared the same one. Now. More was yours, nineteen ninety ninety one, round about that time. It was nineteen ninety as well. That's right. Um, so clean sweep. It was a, a great Rumble, wasn't it? Um, How old we what, are? <laughs> oh, I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> Just a wee little nipper. Um, no, it was um, a very memorable rumble because, um, I mean, obviously, yeah. Uh, at the time, like yourselves, um, you know, a young kid, um, seeing all these larger-than-life superstars, um, you know, obviously, your Hogan's, um, the Macho Man's, um, Ravishing Rick Rude, Jake the Snake Roberts, um, Powers of Pain, Demolition, and so many others. You know, they really were larger than life characters um, in, in every respect. And um, it was just quite the spectacle. And uh, obviously, being the first Rumble that we ever saw, um, it was unlike any match we'd ever seen. And, you know, for something like that, it, leave, it left clearly that lasting impression. And, um, it was um, it was just a very memorable kind of show and um, a memorable match and um, you know, something that um, was also special because it was the precursor to WrestleMania Six Hogan against the Warrior, which also was you know one of the most memorable matches of our childhood and um, you know that that's um, that was all part of that kind of long term build towards that big match 
in the Toronto Skydome, wasn't it? So uh, yeah, it was. Uh, that, it, that was it was. It was great. Yeah, it was. It was great stuff. I mean, I got into watching wrestling just after WrestleMania Five, so to see Hogan and Warrior go face to face like they did, that 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 was a moment. It was you know, first as time ever they did that. Yeah, it was mad. Yeah, it was. It wasn't it as a kid at that point. You know, in in that them times. You, you didn't have baby faces no. facing off like that. It was actual fantasy wrestling stuff, you know? It was actual, yeah. the first time you'd actually thought, this ain't happening, is it? Wow. Yeah. And they don't have any of that anymore. They don't have those builds anymore, you know? And that's, that was the beauty of that time. There were enough matchups within the actual company itself to feel special. And they got, and actually, these two were quite rare. You don't get, you know that was the that was the Rock Austin of that era. You know that was like the, the, sorry, the Hogan Warrior is the first coming, and then mm. there were two majorly over selling so much merchandise. You know, mad, mad. It was just it just had to happen. And then the only other time I know it happen is Rock Austin. I just don't. I don't know if you agree with that, Mo. I've never seen that ever again. I agree, yeah. Yeah, it was um, just an amazing dynamic. Hogan was obviously the, the biggest star in all of professional wrestling worldwide. And, um, you know, in about 18 months, two years leading up to that rumble, um, the Ultimate Warrior became the hottest new star. Um, even though Sting at the same time was rapidly rising in WCW, the WWF was obviously the big company. And, um, you know, the warrior became huge, um, with his, with his ring entrances, with his, um, music, with the hair, with the face paint, um, running at a hundred miles an hour, shaking the ropes. He was a very unique character. And, um, you know, for young kids at that time, um, he, he was as large or larger in life as you could possibly get. So these two to come together, it was, um, unlike anything that we see in wrestling these days and never mind wrestling. I mean, in any walk of life, um, you know, there's not UFC, there's not boxing. Um, it was just, um, an amazing rivalry and, um, to see them come head to head and then to see them have a match. It was magical. It was really, really special. The power of the rumble. You see that, that phrase will keep coming back to us <laughs> now. <laughs> More, I'll, I'll stay with you here on this one because, I mean, it wouldn't be a wrestling show if we didn't have a good old moan. So, I know we don't really want to be negative on this, but, you know, has there ever been a rumble or a moment of rumble that really disappointed you? Yeah, I mean, I was just looking back at um, the rumble's past um, in preparation for this show and... Uh, the 2005 Rumble is one that I've probably forgotten, actually. Uh, but when I was looking back at it, it, it really was a poor Rumble. Um, Batista won it, and obviously that set up his big match against Triple H at the following WrestleMania, um, at which he won the WWE title. Um, but it was a match which um, was short of action, short, short of um, creative booking, um, didn't have really inspiring kind of surprise returns and uh, for, for the most part was very, very forgettable. And that's probably the reason why I'd forgotten it. So um, looking back, um, that, that was quite poor. Um, I remember the 93 Rumble also is one that was quite disappointed by. 
Um, I think Yokozuna won that one. Um, and the reason I was disappointed is because the previous year we had um, one of the all-time great rumbles in 92. And, um, you know, expectations were high after that one. And then, you know, the year later with 93, it, it was really disappointing. Um, so those two, but I'd actually go with 2005 as the worst one um, of those that have occurred in the last nearly 30 years. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching quite a few over the weekend. I started off on the very first one and got about as far as uh, 2001. That I can't believe I watched so many. That's amazing. <laughs> I want to do that as well. I don't get time. I, I don't remember. I was just I flicking don't, through. I don't it's remember. Just, I don't remember Randy Orton winning it. This is how I. This is how I tell yeah. that it was shit. I don't remember Orton winning it. I don't remember Sheamus winning it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't remember Del Rio winning it. <laughs> so See, I, I, I just, I've got I, one for you. He's got, I, I mean, this is going back to the you know the the, the you know the highest point. Nineteen ninety nine, you know when Mister McMahon won it. Yeah. That that really was like oh god, it was terrible. You know? Like as in like why? As but a finish, it was memorable though because yeah, that what the hell? Like yeah. really. Uh, it was memorable in that way, but I, I, like I said, I think he he actually built himself up well, kind of. You know, <laughs> it was he was a it, it was believable because I think he got a lot of help, didn't he? You know, it wasn't like it was Pretty a good, clean yeah. it wasn't a clean win, you know. So that that as long as it's not someone just if if he went out and threw twenty out, you know, and then won it, it would be fucking pathetic. But because there was a story behind it or what was going to go with it, you kind of live with it a little bit better. Do you get what I mean, uh, Andy? Even though it's a fast Yeah, result, I know what you mean, yeah. It was, yeah. I know what yeah. you mean, yeah. He did spend a lot of time out of the ring and, you know, that that you had all that kind of going on, but I think it was, maybe it was just a fan of me watching it at the time. I was like, oh, oh, you know, oh, I can't believe they've done that. <laughs> like when they put the belt on him that short period, it's just like, oh, my word. You know, yeah. why do that? Was that? A time, that was a time Vince Russo was... Um, major part of creative so no surprise there then i'm sure it was okay, his idea then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that just uh, yeah that 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 makes sense now yeah uh, so what about i mean more you've mentioned 92 there uh, oh Gadge, what about this you is my favorite though come don't on go favorite, to mo. Favorite don't go rumbles? to mo do not go to mo he nicks come on guys i'll let you go first Right. Moore said he's already mentioned 92. I mean, we'll come back for him. It's got to, no, it's to got see. to be 92. There's no other Rumble that's better than 92. I'm sorry. There is, I will watch Royal Rumble 92 over and over again for booking, for commentating. I'm sorry, the commentary on a Rumble has to be spot awesome. on, right? Awesome. Heenan and Gorilla nailed 92. Heenan in particular nailed 92 because you just didn't think Flair was going to win. Because of the way Heenan was acting as well, you just, you just didn't think it. You thought, nah, he's out in a minute. He's out in a minute. It was not believable. The fact that no one had won it either from that number coming in at three or whatever it was. I think it was two or three, three, three. He was third. Two. Was it two? He was two. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I think he was first. He walked out. He was number three. I'm sure. Anyway, doesn't matter because it was DiBiase and someone else to start with, wasn't it? I remember it that well. Uh, I think you're and right. Piper, yeah. I think and Piper you're right. was wasn't number it? three. Was it? I think he was uh, yeah. Three, yeah. something like that. But but it was I, tremendous. Though. But it was tremendous because also he had all of that shit about the fake title and all that, and uh, it's not the fake title, the the title that got banned on TV. It was. Um, but also, if you were like me and you knew who he was, 
and and you weren't just a WWEite. So you just like who's this guy? You know who's this guy? If you knew, you you were like this guy. This guy should be the real deal in this company. This guy should be fighting Hogan. You know this guy should be up there. He's he's he's, he's the real world champion. You know he is. And they mm-hmm. obviously tried to get him over like that with the, with the belt and try and educate people. But if you like me yourself, maybe Andy and Mo knew who this guy was. I actually wanted him to win it, even though he was the heel, because I wanted something different, I wanted something fresh, even back then, like we are now, we were calling for it then, and it was, Sid was there, he was part of the Horseman as well, wasn't he? Um, Sid, that's that, that's right, Mo? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I wanted was... him to win it even more, because I was like, Sid in this as well, there's like, there's all these little links, the f- and how many ex- champions were there there was like slaughter and savage and there was like flipping um obviously sid vicious is, was in there hogan was in there taker was in there um you had roddy Ra- piper, roddy piper. you had all these yeah. names in there right and it was huge such a huge rumble and for him and he was sweating like a fucking pig the picture of him winning that did bloody carry him out the bloody you know out the ring right and then his speech at the end you know, with perfect and with it's still in etched in my head, you know, and he's so emotional in it. It meant something. And you don't get those moments. You don't, you don't get them again. Uh, for me, probably one of the best pay-per-views of all time as well, just because of that. I love it. I would watch it today. I'd switch it on now while I talk to you. Yeah. If I could. I've, I, I've, I watched that one over the weekend and I've, I've watched that one previously a couple of times. It is, it is something else. It, it really, really is. Uh, more, I mean, it, is that just definitively your favorite rumble then? 92? Oh, it has to be. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, no, like I say, I mean, it, it's part of what we, the three of us grew up with as well. Um, so it has a, a special kind of, um, sentimental kind of, <laughs> Um, factor to it as well. Uh, maybe if, if you're a young kid um, who didn't grow up in that era um, and you watch it now, it might not mean quite as much to you as it does to us. But uh, you know, watching it, talking about it at school, even um, saying, "Oh, did you watch that match?" and um, things like that. I mean, I, I actually didn't have Sky at the time, so I had to wait a few days to kind of borrow the tape off one of my mates. And, um, it was worth the wait though, because, um, that, that was just one of the most amazing performances. As you say, Gags, I mean, not only in the ring, but on commentary, it was arguably Bobby Heenan's finest hour, um, you know, behind the microphone, just, um, one of the all time great commentary jobs. Um, you know, really sold the match fantastically well. Um, Flair did fantastic in the ring as well. Um, you know, some of his interactions with the likes of Piper in particular, um, just, you know, things that we'll always remember. Um, it was just great all round. You know, I just don't think you can argue that that wasn't the best rumble. It just was. <laughs> I don't think there's an argument. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I, I, I go so far as to say Ric Flair had fun out there that night, you know, because he worked with so many people he'd been in the ring with for so many years previous and obviously was you know, good friends with a lot of those guys. He, for me, he had he had an absolute ball out there. Oh, he did, yeah, he did. Um, you know, he had fantastic fun. Um, I'm sure it was one of the highlights of his career. Um, it was just 
superb all round. Um, honourable mentions though. I mean, I had I was thinking about well, if it wasn't the '92 Rumble, what's the next best one? Um, and I go with 2008 um, surprise return from John Cena. It was Madison Square Garden. Um, I think it was he and Triple H right at the end. Um, it was a really, really well booked um, Royal Rumble. Uh, we even had Jimmy Snooker we talked about earlier and Roddy Piper um, as a nostalgia moment um, squaring off against each other. And um, you know, they had a lot of history, obviously, in Madison Square Garden. And, you know, there's a lot of stars in that match as well. Um, it was really well done, uh, really impressive. And, um, you know, if I didn't pick 92, um, my honourable mention would have to go to 2008. I like yeah. I like ninety eight and the, the the Austin one when Tyson was. Well, I, on. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come. To <laughs> I'll them. go for I mean, it. Go for it. <laughs> what, one one last one last thing on nineteen ninety two Royal Rumble, I think, just just on your on Greg's on your point of the commentary as well, is this is a Rumble you didn't you don't even have to watch it you could just listen you could literally Super. just listen to it and you would know exactly what's happening. And really thoroughly enjoy it, and and not want to come away from it. That's how good the commentary was. Heenan was just an absolute genius yeah. with a microphone. Whining absolutely master, he's just whining the whole time. <laughs> he was brilliant. And, and, and the gorilla brilliant. was like, "Will you stop? Will you stop? Yes, Will you stop?" Those, those like... <laughs> yeah, those two together. Well, ju- just to move on from an actual rumble to to some favourite moments because I, I've got a couple now. Going back to '97 Royal Rumble. Now, this you know the beginning of 1997. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin had already won the King of the Ring, and he you know that you know kind of made him a bit of a star. But I think '97 Royal Rumble. I think he really sort of took the next step up. He really sort of moved up right up to that you know upper echelon, and that was the one where. He put out Bart Gun and started doing the push-ups, and then he sat in the corner checking his watch, you know, for when's the next guy coming out. Uh, have you guys got any any special moments, you know, that really memorable moments from you know a few different rumbles? Then I like the Austin one when he's fighting with everyone, and then I think is it is it Bret Hart that comes out, <laughs> and then he's like shit. <laughs> is it, is that one of them? I think that's one. I I, I like the ending. Of Bret Hart versus Bret Hart and Lex Luger because yeah. how the hell did they manage to get that? So how did they do that? How did they do? How that did was they incredible. get that perfect? Because you know they must have practiced that. How many times? Seriously, they must have. Because how do you get that right in one go in a match mm. that's live? It's not yeah. easy, man. It's yeah. not. And obviously, I'll give credit to Brett because Luger wasn't exactly the best worker out there. But uh, they hit the floor at the same fucking time. Every replay showed it. So it was just a shocking moment. Um, there was. There's been loads. There's been loads of funny ones as well. Um, I, I enjoy when one person goes absolutely mental and starts throwing through loads of people out with Diesel in the early days when Diesel came out. I also like skinning the cat. I also like people like Shawn Michaels who just used to never go out and hold on. And I, I was always I was always partial to David Boy Smith early on because he was from England and you know he'd fly the, you know fly the flag for us and be proud and all this. And he always got so close and would go out like third last, you know, or, or second last. There was a time when he would always be there <laughs> hanging on and you'd be all like, shit, 
gutted. Like, I think Shawn Michaels used to throw him out most of the time. So, so yeah. things like that, there used to be funny stuff as well. But, yeah, it's hard to go and just pick out on, on one. It's, 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 it is difficult, but there's been loads of good performances. Yeah. Like, the Austin uh, one's uh, the best one, though. Just sitting there waiting. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is like a really good rumble memory. I love it when someone does that and says, bring it. And then they just shit themselves. Jake the Snake, actually, when he brings his snake out a couple of times. That, that was always, I think he brought his snake out on one, which was funny. And it just cleared the ring. I mean, I, I was like you for, for Bulldog. I, I was always rooting for him. I was always disappointed that he never got anywhere. What about you, Mo? Any, any favorite uh, little snippets of uh, rumble moments? Um, I'm always partial to a surprise return. Um, you know, even, even if it's somebody like the Godfather, um, I think he, he made, I think one or two, um, Surprise Rumble returns, and um, I think the last one was only was it last year, year before? Um, it was a recent one, but I wasn't there. And um, it's just the kind of pop that that crowd, you know, with the crowd reaction, and uh, obviously not having seen somebody for many years, um, and even if they only come out there for a few seconds, um, just the ring entrance alone is is always um, good to see. And um, you know, yeah, you, you have to also mention in terms of Royal Rumble moments. Um, some of those great Kofi Kingston um, escapes when it looked like he was about to be eliminated and he came up with a really clever, smart way of avoiding elimination, uh, whether it was landing on the um, barrier or um, you know ending up on the uh, announce table and then getting back on a announcer's chair back to the ring or you know, doing a handstand and getting back into the ring. Um, those are always for several years um, things that we'd always look out for when Kofi came out we'd always think okay what's he going to do this year but you know you know, it's one of the things that you're almost guaranteed that you know WWE will book you know, memorable moments um, and that, that's part of uh, what makes the Rumble match so special yeah I almost feel bad that um, we've got this far in the pod before Kofi Kingston and he's um, <laughs> he's his spectacular escapes have got a mention. That's, that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. I mean, like you mentioned in, you know, the, the surprise entrance there. What, what about, what about your, your favorite ones? What, what do you think's been, you know, some of the best surprise entrance then more? Um, I think the John Cena one back in 2008 was, you know, a really, really good one because, Nobody expected him to be back at that time. Um, the talk at that time was, was that he would be out till even past WrestleMania. Um, and that's why nobody, but nobody, but nobody expected him back in the Rumble match. And then when he walked out, I mean, his cap was over his eyes and I thought, no, it's, it's somebody else. It's somebody pretending to be Cena. And then he puts his head up and, oh, it's John Cena. I thought, holy shit. <laughs> I was really shocked by that. Um, I really loved the Booker T return. Um, that was what, 2011 or 2012, sometime around then. Um, and again, the crowd reaction that that got. I think it was the same, exact same rumble that Diesel made the surprise return as well. Both returns just got a fantastic reaction. Um, they hadn't been on TV for years and, uh, Diesel especially. And, um, you know, just that kind of moment of nostalgia that you get from that surprise return of, Somebody's not been around for a while. Um, it, you know, it's, it's just that pop, and um, it's, it's a special moment. So, 
those, those are probably my favourite three. What about you then, Gags? I mean, Moore's got it down to three. Have you got a top three oh, favourite no. uh, there's, there's, surprise entrance? He's mentioned a few of them there. I think the Diesel one coming back was good. Uh, the, I think it was just a couple of years ago, wasn't it, when he came back as Diesel? Was it? Well, it's about four years ago, four, I think. Four now. years ago, yeah. So that was that was surprising. That was good because you never thought he'd come back as Diesel. You always thought he'd be. He's always going to be Kevin Nash now, and um, so that was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I think, um, who was the other one? I think AJ Styles was great this year. I think it was hype though. It wasn't like a surprise, was it? There was. I think we kind of knew. Uh, I, th- I think I think there was a lot of doubt because there was there was kind of. It was halfway between, I think. Yeah, people and, thought it was, but then you'd, you'd heard them kind of rumors before, so people were like, "Nah, it's not going to happen." And, and remember, then there was talk yeah. he was still in Japan. So, and remember, for someone like me who'd never watched AJ prior to WWE, so there was hype for him. I wanted to see. I was excited to see what this guy was about, and he didn't disappoint, did he? He had a really good showing, and they booked him well as well. I thought they booked him decent. You know, it wasn't like a. It wasn't like a screw, they didn't screw him over or nothing. So, yeah, yeah that was a good one as well. That moment of him and uh, Roman Reigns stood there. Yeah, it was great. It's such that, a pop. That, he got that, such a, and did you hear the, the pop? Oh, man, yeah. that's what you want, the pop. Yeah, the pop Hogan is the Warrior all over again. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was fantastic. I mean, we haven't touched on, like, um, matches, you know, like, like matches from, from Rumbles non-rumble matches like you know like uh the, the i quit match between rock and mankind yeah that was that was not mankind or mick foley whichever it was can you remember that one yes it that, was yeah, mental yes. I, I do recall that, so yeah. brutal like it was it has to go down as one that you remember and as a kid i was so upset when warrior lost the title it was that Royal Rumble, wasn't it, when he lost it to Sergeant Slaughter? In 1991. Yeah. It was in, that and was he, the 1991 Rumble. he lost Rumble. it with the, because he was the king of the ring, Macho, and he smacked him in the head with it. And then he, he yeah. just, just kind of drags him over and pins him. And as a kid, you're just crying. You're like, yo, yeah, man, I was 12. I was like, this can't happen. Who's this Sergeant Slaughter shit? What's this? I was yeah, upset. That was playing on the, yeah, it was playing up to Iraq the, War, the yeah. War at it's the time, so wasn't it? Yeah. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I had to mention those because those those stand out in my head. Those <laughs> as memory, especially the Hot Warrior losing, it killed me as a kid. <laughs> uh, what about things that I mean, like <clears throat> Bubba Ray Dudley coming back two, three, what's it, two, three years ago now? Be- before they brought Devon back in and reformed them as a tag team, you know that that night. I mean, that pop he got as well. That nobody expected that one at the time, did they? No, they didn't. No, that was a massive pop, wasn't it? Um, great reaction. And, uh, you know, he did one or two of the, um, Dudley Boy spots, obviously without Devon. But, uh, no, it, it was great to see. And, um, now that's why I'm really, really hoping that they allow Kurt Angle to work the Rumble match. And, um, you know, 60,000 fans will be in that building. And, uh, you know, imagine if he walked through as a surprise entrant. Um, the reaction will just be, Unbelievable. So, um, you know, if, if WWE can make that happen, I think a lot of fans will be very grateful that, um, you know, anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it kind of takes me back now as well is, is thinking about it. It was Chris Jericho after he'd been away for 
probably best part of around a year, something like that, where he was touring with Fozzie and doing other stuff. Uh, and he was a surprise. Nobody expected that. And, you know, his entrance, that got a huge pop, even though, you know, you've seen Chris Jericho a lot. Uh, and that's that's it. It's, it's that. I think that surprise element just really does add something to the Rumble it's, that perhaps you didn't get so much in the, the older Rumbles that because of how popular the brand has become over the past sort of 20, 25 years, they now have this ability to sort of dip in nostalgia acts. And like you say, like we've discussed earlier, you know, that they, they can come in and they might only have to work a minute, two minutes tops. The pop alone is enough and it's, it's a memorable moment, isn't it? And <laughs> Gags, I've got one here for you then. One last question for you each. Uh, apart from Kurt Angle, if you could, Drop yourself back into that late nineties, maybe even early two thousands. If you could bring someone back from there, realistically, as as to make an appearance as a surprise entrant into this year's Royal Rumble, who would it be? I'll let you go first, Gags. Can it be a tag team? I'll let you have a tag team if I you want, want to, as you won I the want, quiz. I want the Hardys. I want the Hardys <laughs> back. I want them now. That's a great shout. Yeah, I think they'll add so much to the either the tag team division or the in in the singles. They would just it would just be great to see them back. And um, again, it just what WWE needs is legitimate singles or tag teams that can elevate others and elevate matches and elevate cards, no matter where they are, what spot. And I think these two individuals do it. And um, yeah. This problem is getting people to work part time, but yeah, I think they would um, they would be absolutely fantastic. Paul Heyman tweeted something about deleting Matt Hardy today, um, or Brock Lesnar deleting Matt Hardy. So it does, and he said, "Oops, am I allowed to say that?" And it just it, things like that. I know it's his Twitter account; it's separate to WWE. It just makes me hope. <laughs> it raises my hopes of things. <laughs> I hate Paul Heyman, the bastard. Well, we've been nowhere him. without hope. <laughs> exactly, I do love him as well. Sorry. Come on then, Mo. Um, who would you who, who would you sort of uh, pick out from the past then, as uh, if you could pick a surprise entrant for this year? Going the clown? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. No, I, I probably would have gone with um, Matt. Certainly Matt Hardy, probably Jeff Hardy as well, because um, I've, I've seen some of their work in TNA and um, Broken Matt Hardy as a character is. Um, one of the best gimmicks in the whole of the wrestling business right now. And um, it's interesting you mention him, Gags, because his contract is up at the end of the month, only two days before the Royal Rumble, sorry, two days after the Royal Rumble. Um, so it's quite possible that um, WWE will say, okay, no, you'll rather pay off that two days of the contract to TNA and allow, if not Matt, then both Matt and Jeff to... Um, Work the rumble match and uh, return back. When is when is Jeff's like, up? Uh, is Jeff's already up? Um, no, it's at the same time, I believe. Um, both are up at the end of the uh, end of are January. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. So they've not signed or re-signed with um, TNA. So you know, they'll technically be free agents on the thirty-first of January, which is only, I think, two days after the uh, the rumble. So you know, if WWE's got any sense, they should sign them up straight away because they are they've still got so much to offer and they're still fantastic and they'll be so over they'll be so over oh god yeah I mean if you think the the Kurt Angle reaction will be huge I mean 
60,000 fans doing the delete chant will just be <laughs> unbelievable. Um, so I'm really hoping that that can happen. And, you know, I can't top that. You know, that, that's a fantastic shout from the gags. Um, there's nobody, I mean, cause it, it's not only a nostalgia thing about, you know, familiar faces from the past. These are also two individuals that still can offer a lot to the company in the present and the future. And, you know, that would be the best kind of return when somebody comes back without any... And also, Mo, doesn't it suit them now that because it's split by brand, there's more opportunity to grow, you know? There's more titles to win. They can they can join up or they can go separate, whatever they want to do. With the two brands, it makes it easier. When it's one brand, you're fighting for one title. There's so many people. You can get lost in the shuffle. You don't get the push. But when you're two brands, this is the time to to go and get... Agents, you know, the free agents or those, those that can elevate. And like we, you know, we say sometimes, even though SmackDown is the better show, like when you watch it, like, cause when, when the, when the draft happened, we moaned, didn't we? We were like, what the fuck? Raw have taken everything. Mm-hmm. But they, they, even though they've got everything, they can't fill the three hours. So more, more people like this fills another 15, 20 minute spa, I reckon. It's just quality. It's like the, like in the, um, attitude era. Or they pretty much had every act over, right? And those hours would fly by. So they need to really get people in that are either built up or can build others. So I, I just think they'd be losing. Like you said, they'd be stupid not to do this. This is a such a fantastic moment to, to get them. If they got both of them in, like if one turned up, then pretty, pretty much people would be waiting for the other one. <laughs> to is, it about time, on. say, is it about time? Is it about time for me to suggest Ahmed Johnson then? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was so hyped up, man! Jesus, didn't he? Didn't he injure loads of people? Yeah, he was. He was pretty yeah. terrible. Didn't he injure oh, loads forget. of people? Like, oh god! Yeah, yeah. Forget hyped up. He's ballooned up. I mean, he's oh, really? almost the size of Yokozuna now. Yeah, so <laughs> um, might have a bit of trouble getting in the ring. I think. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, yeah, oh, uh, well, no, I, I don't think we can top Matt and Jeff Hardy. I think that that. That's certainly the. I, th- I think that's a good shout. I think that is a good shout. Now, listen, guys, we're going to leave it there anyway. Yeah, we've had some fun looking back. Um, before we do go, though, uh, Gags, I'll let you go first because I'm sure you've got plenty to plug. Um, let the folks know, uh, or the good folks out there, let them let them know what you're about, what uh, what's going on, anything to plug. Oh, plenty to plug, uh, first of all. Uh, follow these two guys at Andy Armchair and at Mo Chatra deserve much more of a following and um, a fan- fantastic thank you for all their hard work on this show uh, and then just the new stuff really get on um, AITV at Anfield Index Television uh, sorry at Anfield Index TV and also at AI Audible um, there's loads more coming on both of those things so keep an eye on them keep watching keep listening it's something new that we kicked off in 2017 so again it's all free as well so do support us because we are continuing to expand and um, explore uh, new ways to get content to you so yeah please do superb superb indeed uh, and more what about yourself have you got anything you'd like to plug should we uh, recording another MMA Monthly with um, uh, the one and only Dave Hendrick and um, looking forward to that. There's uh, plenty of go- plenty of stuff going on in the UFC and mixed martial arts at the moment. So, um, you know, as always, we'll have uh, lots to kind of mull over, talk about and debate and 
cross you even argue about. So uh, no, that will be the second edition of MMA Monthly. The first one is available um, via the um, AI channel app. So um, please do check it out. Yes, uh, do indeed. Please, uh, folks, go out check uh, check that MMA uh, monthly out with uh, with Mo and Dave. Really good listen. But that's it for uh, this Royal Rumble nostalgia edition of the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. Uh, we'll be back next week with a Royal Rumble preview show. But until then, from Mo Chatter, Gag Standard, and myself, Andy Wales, it's bye bye now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.